Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the andor after party we just finished up andor episode six so it's time to party welcome to the penny bloom podcast i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you today we got a special one on our hands another culmination of an arc uh the last of three a series of three Episode 6, titled The Eye, uh, directed by Susanna White, written by Dan Gilroy. I mean, wow. So, like, before we start, did the TV gods just come together and say, we're just going to give everyone everything right now? Or is it just because I am more focused on TV and watching things as they come out? Is it just so good? Or like, is it actually we are getting a We are getting a particularly strong fall lineup. You know, it is typical of the best new shows by every network, by every streaming, to try and put it out at a certain time of the year. This late summer, early fall thing is a hot time for tv it always has been like the network rolls around it's like what are your new spring shows what are your new fall Mm. shows and it just so happened that hbo disney plus amazon and a bunch of network is back like i mean rick and morty's on right now bob's burgers is on right now abbott elementary is on right now all the best tv comedies are out right now uh like it's it is a particularly good time for television we're just getting such strong television and, I mean, Andor is holding its own amongst the best of the best, uh, Man, especially after this one, dude. I really wondered why they were – they kind of marketed Andor more and harder than they marketed Obi-Wan. And I think part of that is they knew Obi-Wan was just going to carry itself because of the name itself and the characters Natural. in it. But, like, it feels that Disney is, like, five times more proud – of Andor than they are of Obi-Wan. They, they like, I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. It just feels like th- this is the show that they really want people to, to say that this is Star Wars television. Mm. Um, if, well, the, if they were to pick any out of a lineup right now, I, it's so fucking good. And like, rightfully so, you know, I think that this is far and away now that we are halfway through season one. It's, I, there's not even something that comes close as far as the the level of greatness that this is touching right now. Storytelling-wise, uh, visually, writing, like, it's acting, the acting, I mean, the acting in all Star Wars stuff is typically pretty fucking strong. You know, I think uh, Pedro Pascal's not missing as the Mandalorian. Tamara Morrison wasn't missing as Boba Fett. I mean, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen 
and Moses Ingram, none of them were missing in Kenobi. You know, like the acting, you, you never go wrong with the acting in Star Wars. It's just that these actors here, uh, Diego Luna, Alex Lothar, that's Nemec, um, freaking uh, Sewell Remy, that's Lieutenant Gorn. They just have so much more to work with. Yeah. I... Via, via the writing. Like, it's... It's insane. The, the amount of dialogue that they are presented and the amount of dialogue that is just like sometimes I have to pause, rethink about the conversation, rewind, watch the conversation again to fully, fully, fully get what they were talking about. You know, I, yes. I always understand, but mm. it's like I need I need all of that to hit me, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This show, it is it is different in this in the sense that like. It's basically Clone Wars or Rebels, but live action. I don't, I because I, hmm. I was thinking, I'm like, what other TV show stands up to this? And my favorite TV shows out of Star Wars are Clone Wars and Rebels. I put them above every yeah. live action show already. They're, they're but this show, awesome. I I think now it is above like Rebels and and Clone Wars for me because it, it that's what it is. It is. It is Clone Wars and it is Rebels, but at the live action scale, but and written way better. Like, well, that's crazy because Rebels and Clone Wars. Are, I mean, like Rebels specifically, as far as the found family and the uh, the relationships formed over the course of that series and stuff. It's those are particularly well done, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I never want to take away anything from the other Star Wars series because, you know, they don't. I don't think they miss. You know, I've never I've never watched anything the Star Wars television's put out and gone, uh, you know what? That was bad. You know, I, I always find myself extremely satisfied. Um, it's just that this has already propelled itself to such heights that it's like and it, it, it's especially good that it's alongside a show like House of the Dragon right now, where I don't feel biased towards Star Wars and being like, oh, you know, like, maybe it is just because it's Star Wars. No, like, it's coming out alongside one of the best seasons of television we've gotten in a really long time in House of the Dragon Season 1. And it is stacking up every bit as well. You know, like, it is so fucking good. And I was thinking the other day, because um, if we're saying that the House of the Dragon season is um, shaping out to be probably the best season of Game of Thrones television we've ever gotten. And it being one of the greatest, you know, Game of Thrones already being one of the greatest shows of all time. Does that mean, like, we're getting the best season of television of all time? And also, does that mean if Andor is right there by it, that, like, you know? Like, well, I need, like, to, be, I I need like, to be removed from recency bias on House of the Dragon to be for sure to tell you it's the best season of Game of Thrones ever. Because there are some fucking great seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't want to... That's true. That like, is true. Uh, I was browsing the other day. I had a lot of big Game of Thrones moments come up on my TikTok for some reason. Yeah. Um, And I remembered going through that show. And I'm like, okay. I need, for one, need to rewatch that. Dude. But well, I don't I mean, know. Like, here's the here's the thing. I like House of the Dragon a lot, and I know that this is Andor. We'll get back to it. But since we're here, I like House of the Dragon a lot. I I think about the first time I watched Game of Thrones. 
I don't think I'm like there with it. You know, like I like the show a lot and it's extremely well done, but I don't think I'm in love with it like I was Game of Thrones. And, sure. you know, by this time, and I mean, I do like House of the Dragon a lot, but by this time in season one of Game of Thrones, eight episodes in to season one of Game of Thrones, I was like, fuck yeah, buddy. Holy shit, sign me up for all six seasons that are out. You know, like I caught up between six and seven. So I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and bust my ass through this because I fucking love it. Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, you know, cause I binged Game of Thrones the first time I watched it. I, I'm watching this week to week. Who's to say what's, uh, what's more valuable, but regardless, I can say hmm. I'm loving Andor every bit as much as I'm loving any season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and it's, because it's beautiful it, that they're spaced perfectly like sunday oh. you, you know i mean it could i guess no i mean it couldn't really be more perfect no, really this is, this is like, the perfect split yeah like a, a sunday evening and a, and a wednesday morning it's like i don't know i guess uh, 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 if i'm feeling risky uh a wednesday 2 a.m situation yeah right but, right um, i tried last night i couldn't make it i didn't make hmm. it uh i woke up i woke up nice and early and watched it though uh one thirty to eight thirty sleeps, eight forty five. That episode of Andor is on. Boom. Uh, but are you, are you ready for a scene by scene breakdown of the yes. eye? Yes. Oh, let's get into it, man. Let's get it. So we open on the Aldani rebels. Uh, a very just like a. It actually reminded me a lot of the Clone Wars. How the arcs would just, if you were watching the third episode of an arc, it would just pick up basically right where the last one left off. And it reminded me of that little drum roll that like Clone Wars does like mm. and then like they're just like on screen and uh, it just kicked off like that. And Nemec is still reeling a bit from, uh, you know, the betrayal of Cassian. He's he's mm. letting him know, uh, you know, I didn't sleep at all last night. I don't know how I'm going to do this today. Like, I'm nervous as fuck. There's no way this is going to be good. And Andor's like, hey, man, it's going to be OK. The excitement will kick in and you'll be you'll be living good. Um, you can sleep when this is over. And he was like, yeah, you know, I wrote, I wrote some more in my, uh, my manifesto because of this revelation about you last night when I can't sleep, I write. And, uh, I, I wrote the role of mercenaries in the galactic struggle for freedom. And he was like, you know what I realized you have value. You might not believe in the cause, but hey, weapons are tools. And those that use them are that by extension assets that one must wield for their best advantage and uh he says that since the empire has no moral boundaries that one should be able to take every chance they get to show that fascists uh show the fascists that the insurgency will adapt and andor's like okay kid yeah the empire doesn't <laughs> give a fuck yeah all right he's like i don't know and that's the thing is that like he's not wrong he's just he's just giving the empire too much credit giving them the credit that they have humanity, you know, in the, in the slightest. And the that, that's like, that it's would, the idea that they would even pay attention to how the insurgency adapts instead of it. just viewing them as insurgents. Like it doesn't matter how they adapt, you know, that's to the empire, to the mm-hmm. empire. They're just rebels. They need to be wiped out. That's just, that's just it. That's the bottom line. And that's kind of what Cassian lets them know here. And, uh, they 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 don't care enough to learn from a from a manifesto and uh, 
Man, you could have died not thinking that, though. You know, he could. Yeah. He could. Man, he didn't really need to hear that right then and there. I don't know. Before the mission, too. I guess I don't know. Cassian's just a realist. You know, he's just as well, of right it's, now, it's, he's kind of on the fence of you know rebellion and and just sticking to his guns. Right, being right. him. But, so you know, it doesn't it doesn't deter Nemec. You know, I don't think uh. I think that's why Cassian can say things like this to Nemec. I think he knows that with Nemec, it's a conversation. He's not going to sway Nemec's belief. You know, Nemec's like, mm. all right. Uh, he's like, he True. says that he assumes that Andor thinks people yeah. should submit to the powers that be because it's pointless to fight. Andor's like, nah, 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 nah. You know, uh, I'm still here fighting for the right cause. And Nemec's like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, you don't believe in it. That's not a, that's not why you're here. Uh, but I am thankful you're here nonetheless. Uh, at least you're doing something, no matter what the reason is. And uh, Andor assures Nemec that he's going to fare well on the mission. You know, like, that was the thing, is that he was like, good convo, you're going to do great out here, and you'll sleep You'll sleep good tonight. <laughs> the eternal sleep. He did sleep good. The, the, a permanently good sleep. Ah, uh, man... And yeah, it, I mean, we, we it was it was so, so close too. Like it wasn't even like a. It was a stupid thing. It was a stupid. Why? You know, I'm still kind of mad at it. Actually, like yeah. Well, it's is symbolic it, as all fuck. It is it. Oh, is crushed yeah. under the weight of credits. I didn't think about that. But like, yeah, I would. It is. I think about it on the like bigger scale. Is it just their way of being like? We're done with this arc. He's done with that group. Like he, we killed Skeen. We got what's the name? Dang it! I already forgot it. No, Nemec. I'm so yes. Why am I so bad with character names? Um, but yeah, like kill, like killing them off. Uh, and they even got Araman. Yeah, like I don't know. I I'm think pretty it, sure it they just... got Gorn too. They didn't spend any time there, but I'm fairly certain Gorn got shot down pretty pretty soon on. Um. We still got Valencenta, and I do think we'll be coming back to Valencenta. Did Gorn get shot, or did he just go in the base and then be like, oh, man, yeah, they just raided the... Oh, my God, they, you know, and act like he was still an Imperial. Oh, no, because they would definitely have known. Yeah, no. I thought as soon as, like, I think it's Kimsey, Captain Kimsey comes Uh in with his group. Uh, I think they shoot shoot Gorn. Um, Really? He dies? I don't know if he died. I know he got shot. Um, oh man! But I didn't catch that. Nevertheless, uh, after this opening scene, we head to the uh, to the Imperial side of things, where Commandant, the guy that was mentioned last week, uh, that had a dinner with his wife, he needed to move the furniture and stuff. Uh, Commandant Jehold Behaz uh, is is the lad's name. Uh, he's there with Lieutenant Gorn and Colonel Pedigar, and uh, they're they're sipping on their coffee and they mock the Aldanis. Uh, led by their chieftain, uh, for continuing their tradition of coming to the temple to watch the eye, and they uh, they essentially explain that uh, you know they've been they they just have no fucking empathy whatsoever for mm. the Altani as a people. Like that's basically the operation of this of this scene is just that they they have no expectation that they will fight back they have no expectation 
that they even care about being dominated. You know, like they, it was just such. They were an calling them. They were calling them like ignorant the whole time too. Like they were yeah. like, you just give them so many options that they don't even realize that every option you're giving them isn't what they wanted in the first place. And like, Bob, like, you know, it, I mean, I think we see into into it later that that these these people are a lot smarter than they let on. Like, uh, they just hate the empire so much that they're like, we don't give a fuck. About, you know, like we. Just, Truly don't give a fuck about you, and we're just gonna keep doing like our own way as yep. as the best we can do it. And like well, because like also... the yeah. lines like that we got like translated, you know, like in mm, how yeah. Lieutenant Gorman was acting as translator, and like those those little interactions where like that dude fully understood English, like a hundred percent. Oh yeah, like 100%. he fully understood English. And um, so I don't know. I think I think that it's it's more of the ignorance like of the Empire thinking that they're just stupid and just accepting of their their, their fucking their, ego blinds them. They think that they think they're mm-hmm. untouchable. Anyone with a spine can and will fuck them over. You know, mm-hmm. and Gorn's sitting there like y'all don't even fucking know. Like y'all are about to get fucked. You know, like yeah. uh they sip their coffee at the same time too. Like mm-hmm. literally like same motion and everything it was really weird. They got and, the nice little thermal insulated cups. You uh, know, this this episode was edited very well. Like the So good. It shot like it, there are very particular shots that were set up and and the focus like I don't know, it the direction here was like I don't know. This this episode was incredible, dude. Like was it was amazing. It was firing on all cylinders here. Like Yeah, it doesn't really miss, you know. It just it just keeps hitting you over and over and over and uh but we uh, we head back to Terraman and or Skeen and Nemec, dressed as the Al- as Altani natives, natives uh, proceeding toward the group of pilgrims to uh, you know mingle with them and then disrobe to uh, hide amongst the Imperials as guards. And uh, on their way, when Andor Andor asks Skeen, you know, like why the fuck does this guy love giving orders so much? And Skeen's like, oh yeah, you know, he used to be a stormtrooper. I was like, aha, every single little bit of question I had about Terraman's personality immediately answered there. Uh, I was like, why does he seemingly not have any sort of laid back time? What, what, why is this all happening? You know, what, what the fuck going on here? What, what's, what's his deal? Uh, well, he was a stormtrooper. He was always super intense. That was literally what he was probably at some point you know, a little bit indoctrinated into doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh... Man, I don't know, but it's just... None. We're we're not gonna get, like, any more into that at all. You know, like, just... I don't know. Is that really just their way of being, like, this arc is over, we're moving on, somewhere else in the universe? Or, like, the Rebellion has its, you know, people will die. Like, is it just... Yeah, it, I think that's it. Like, uh... I think that, uh... They so clearly built out these characters in such a short amount of time, you know, and with Skeen, with Nemec, with Vel and Senta, you know, like there's mm-hmm. a reason those two are still alive, you know, they're, they're very clearly going to s- still be at least somewhat involved in this show, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah, like that's the thing. It's a rebellion. People will die. Uh, that's just kind of, uh, 
that's just kind of how it goes. And, uh, it's like, I don't know, the people we know the most about, we know are going to be the ones that probably die because like mm-hmm. Senta, we know like nothing. We know her family was slaughtered by troopers now. Yep. You know, that's, that's, I guess, cool. It does probably, uh, moves away from my theory of her being someone close to Cassian whatsoever. Yeah, I, so. think, I think that's officially, that might officially be done. Uh, um, but the, the family being slaughtered by troopers. Uh, yeah, when Skeen was like, you should have seen, uh, should have seen Senta's reaction. It was, uh, mm-hmm. much, much worse. You know, they all killed her family. Uh, and now I'm like curious if that means, like, was it just a general distaste for, general distaste for stormtroopers that led her to be, have this reaction about Terramin, or was that the act that made Terramin dissent? Like, was he, was he there for it and then left, like, uh, abandoned the Empire when that happened? Uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I was just also thinking that maybe, like, um, he was part of the group and then they ended up learning that he was a, uh, trooper turned rebel. And then Cinta was like, uh, no, uh, no way you could change ever. So she just beat the shit out of him or something like that. And yeah, it was right. like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not letting you like in our group. I don't know. Like maybe it was just that him admitting that he's a trooper was enough. Oh, just enough in the sense to have her freak out. Right, right. I think that's it. I think that's it too. But, but uh, I think that would be cool though. I guess we will probably never know though. Is the thing you know? No, like, yeah, we'll uh, never know. Uh, Terraman's done. That's uh, it's going to be irrelevant. I mean, Senta's not though. So who knows? Maybe we get a little bit more there. Um, true. Maybe we do know. Okay, fair. Yeah, but you uh, know, the people only die whenever the memory of them dies too. So as long. As anyone that's connected to them is alive, they're still they, alive in the show. They live on in some way. Yeah. But uh, throughout this episode, there's been the uh, these meteors flying overhead, just roaring by. Just... I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be fucking dope. Uh, but after they got the field comm set up earlier with Vel and Sinta stashing away under those rocks and nearly getting approached by... <laughs> some Imperials who just happened to be taking a piss and it looks like he just pulled his dick out and started pissing right in front of his homies. Like he didn't like turn away and piss on the rock or anything. He just like, <laughs> they were all talking and he was like, let me just go ahead and whip this out and piss right here guys. Um, but a- after all that Velen sent to make a, make a bolt for it. They, mm. they run for it and they head to the, uh, they take to water where they're uh, they're going to try and enter the garrison that way. And I was like, okay, so yeah, Vel and Sinta are of a high level of importance here as they take out the comms, which uh pretty crucial task here. Uh, Why did this have and, to be such a secret? You know? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, I was trying to figure that out as to why they kept it such a secret as to what they were doing. Um, I think it was probably just to like, uh, you know, if Cassian gets captured during the mission, he can't just... I guess fair. Yeah. It's best to know as little information as possible. Yeah. Only you know, need to know you need... what you need to know. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's mm. it. Like, if he gets captured earlier on, he can't be like, oh, Cinta and Vel, they're going, they're taking out the garrison's comms. You know, like, he can't, he can't do that. He can't rat if he doesn't know shit. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably, uh, I think that's probably all that was motivated there. But, uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, in between, mm. in between these scenes, we also meet the, the, uh, the commandant's family. Where uh, Gorn prepares him to exchange uh, exchange some some pelts for their uh, their ceremonial goat skins for mm. uh, you know a, a sign of good good faith. And I don't know if you recognized the commandant's son. Is that a Game of Thrones actor? Yeah, that was Willem Blackbone or Blackwood. He proposed to Rhaenyra. And then murdered that motherfucker <laughs> in the, uh. No way! Yes, just a few weeks back in House oh. of the Dragon. This man's on a fucking roll. Shout out to Alfie Todd. Uh, the show just keeps bringing the Game of Thrones, Star Wars. That's awesome. Just, I mean, <laughs> fucking incredible. I think it's like the fifth one. Like last week, Captain Tigo. You remember that guy who like wanted to be a, uh, the, uh, fucking, uh, prefect of Ferrix? He was like, uh, ooh, do I get this office? He played Rhaegar Targaryen in Game of Thrones. John's dad. What? Yeah, yeah exactly. Up in the it's tower like, with, like, or I guess he wasn't ooh, up in the tower. He died major, out front. Major yeah. spoilers for Game oh. of Thrones there if you haven't watched Whoopsies. it. Whoopsies. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, right. It's kind of like a, that's that's known by now, right? I mean, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, I don't think so. I don't think that's one that's just like, yeah. Yeah. But you know thing. John's important. I guess you don't know who is fought. You don't know he's a target. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, just... I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it Andor. out. Uh, <laughs> Andor. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but then we get to this meeting between the chieftain of the Aldani and uh, Commandant Behaz, uh, and it kind of goes, it goes all right on the surface, but... Uh, you know, the chieftain can clearly understand the words that are being said. He translates for Gorn translates and, you know, and the chieftain's like, uh, fuck you, fuck everything you're about. And uh, Gorn's like, he says he's very happy that they're here to be here for the eye, you know, <laughs> and he like looks at him like, what the fuck, dude? That's not at all what I said. And uh, just the continuous cutting back to this, this scene and the continuously cutting back to their ceremony throughout the episode made the chieftain of the Aldani, my favorite character of the episode. I loved this. He guy. was pretty I loved sick. This guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he, uh, he takes the ceremonial goat skin. They, they all walk away and he immediately tosses it on the fire. Fuck him. You fuck him, yeah. dude. Oh, I was man. like, oh, I love this guy. This dude does fuck. Yeah. He was, he was awesome. His staff was cool. Um, and how, it, I don't know. Like, whenever, like, it started to finally happen, he just kind of put his arms up and just, like, mm -hmm. soaked it all in, like, with the, or maybe he raised the staff up oh. or something like that. Um, yeah, he was just like, y'all, we don't fuck with them. Mm. This is about yeah, us but tonight. Not saying a single word of English whatsoever and only a few translated lines. Like, you get a whole, like, sense of a backstory, like, with their well, whole and people the way and, like, him and, like, everything. And the way that cutting back to them doing their ceremonial chants and dances and stuff, 
the way that built tension throughout the episode, because like their chanting and stuff got more intense as the episode went on, along with the music that was building and the situation Ooh, they were in getting more the intense. Music. The, oh, oh my buddy. god, dude. Oh no, yeah that the the chant stuff and it also like gave you kind of a reminder that like um. I thought that at some point they would have kind of like a liberation moment. I, like they would blow up the base whenever they left or, um, I don't know, something to be like, you know, enjoy your planet, you know, again. Maybe the yeah, Empire nah. won't come back. But, though, I mean, I even if they blow it up, it's it's not really going to do much, I guess. But Well, and apparently this uh, is the last ceremony for the Eye because uh, this valley is being built over. Um, and Eesh. I have a feeling, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't change because of what the rebels did here. You know, like that's not like, mm. yeah, you know, in fact, it probably only happened sooner. Um, so it's, it is, it is interesting that, uh, there are, there are losses with the wins, um, for the locals. How much, but it wasn't... how much money was this? Like how big of a hit is this to the empire? Does this like slow them down, you know? No, but it helps the rebellion like crazy. Okay. Okay. 80 million credits. Damn. 80 million credits. Like, that's an insane amount. But. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, okay. Man, that's. I don't know. Did they even get it all in the ship? Felt like a, they didn't get like, they didn't get all that they wanted. Did they get they, eighty million? But there was more in the vault, or yes, was there eighty yes. million in the vault and they only got a little bit of that? Out? No, because yeah, that's no, right. No, Skeen is like they forty. Got, three, they 40. got yeah. eighty million. Uh, they tried to get another. Like I, I feel like the original, like I feel like Luthen said it was like two hundred million that they wanted to get that mm. they didn't end up getting, but. Uh, Eighty million's nothing to scoff at. That helps the rebellion like crazy. But uh, while all this uh, this exchanging of the ceremonial goat skin happens, uh, Vel and Cinta are climbing up the dam. And you know, I uh, if there is any one single thing in this episode that I'm like, uh, I. And this has happened on a couple occasions with, I mean, with Kenobi and now with this. I feel like there was a precedent set for underwater scenes in Star Wars with the Phantom Menace. I'm like, uh, what, what? You mean it's the? Just, maybe it's just, it's just a little too dark for me. Like, I get, I get that that's like what it would actually look like underwater. You know, I get that that's how that, I get that's how water works. But I want to mm. see the water. I want to see the aqua life. I want to see what's going on underneath the water. You know, I it, I've, I just feel like they've gone away from expanding upon what happens underneath the water like they did. Like, I mean, I know the Phantom Menace is a, a fucking movie. It had a massive budget and everything. But uh, and obviously they have plenty of beautiful visuals later on in this episode. I was just like, ah, man, I yeah, like I is... like going under. That is very dark now that I'm looking at it. Because yeah, uh, interesting that you say that because I remember um, as I was looking back on the episode, I'm like, what what shots do I remember of the episode? And obviously, whenever it's happening, yeah. like the yeah, all, all that. Um, 
But this was a shot that I remembered was them underwater. And specifically, yeah. like, they didn't need to do that. They could have just been like, all right, they showed them get in and then, like, go, whatever. But, like, it was just yeah. kind of, like, cool that it was underwater, still, I guess. It but, is still a cool shot. You know, like, I don't want to take anything away from it, but... Mm. Uh, oh, dude, no. Yeah, come on. They're going underwater. It is dark. But you see one of the 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 first like meteors fire yeah. over them and over the water and okay yeah, that was cool yeah that that's was why cool. i remember it that's why i remember it yeah that, yeah no like it's a it don't get me wrong I, it's not even a big gripe i'm like perfectly okay with it i was hmm. just like i feel like in a show where they've really leaned into the hardcore realness of the rebellion era and stuff uh they're getting not not away from it but from the like the way that Star Wars has been classified historically is space fantasy. Yeah. And we're in a show where you don't have a lot of opportunity to put that on display, feels like underwater would be a nice nice little place where you might be able to make that happen. But right. again, not not a big deal, you know, like we got the eye. That's pretty fantastical, you know. I'm not like I don't want anyone to think like, "Oh, he hates <laughs> this." No, fuck no. I love this shit. That was if there was any one thing that I could have just changed a little bit, it was that. But uh nevertheless, they get to the dam and uh climb on up and install the communications jammer, uh which was pimp as fuck. And uh you know, you see Kimsey trying to fuck with the shit. He can't figure figure out whatever the fuck's going on and in the background you see Vel just make a fucking beeline for it. Just run straight down uh run straight down the dam where she meets up with Vel or meets up with Cinta and uh you know, they, they're they up there for a second, and, uh, you know, this is where Cinta can kind of see that Vel is shaken, you know. Nervous, it is, man. It is at this point where it's like, all right, if we want to do this mission, I can call it off now, and we can we can all live, and we can all just go. If if I say go here though, there's no turning back. And uh this is the scene that made me go, All right, my favorite actress of the episode uh is is the actress who plays Vel. I can't remember. It's Faye um, Faye Marseille. Marcy? Marseille. M A R S A Y. Faye Marseille, um, yeah. Faye Marseille is what I'll say. Uh I loved I loved Faye here. Uh she yeah, was no. fucking incredible. Just like there's a lot weighing on her shoulders here. It's at this point, not just you know, the fear for her. At you know, like no, no, no. It's her. I feel like that's like the the, the. I feel like that's the one that's in the back. It's like the fear for her, and it's like immediately probably for Cinta the most kind of Cinta, like all right, like yep, Nemec. a part of the group and a loved one, and then also just the rebellion. You know, fear for the rebellion of like losing people, and and I uh, think that this scene played a vital role in the difference between the rebels and the empire. Mm. Uh, this showed specifically the contrast between a character like Vel and a character like Nark, Cyril Karn. Uh, he doesn't realize the implications of his sending his men mm. in until after they've already died. He doesn't even You're think right. of that. You know, he does like it's not even a question. Oh, what if I put the lives of the people that I want to protect in danger? Mm. D not even occurring to him. You know, that's one of the first things Vel thinks of here. And I think that's just a vital difference between 
the empire and the rebellion. You know, it's not I mean, not always fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. And also, to be fair, obviously she's more. The reason she is scared is for calling the mission and putting everyone's lives in danger. She is also about to jump off of the dam and just hope that this rope holds. Yeah. That's another you know, thing. Yeah. Like she's like, oh my god! It, Honestly, it, like that's enough reason to call it off. It'd be it, like, it'd be like, all right, I'm scared goes, for all your lives, but I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> she even asked. She went, "Is it secure?" Like, uh, and Cento was like, "Yeah, should be fine. You, you good?" And uh, I like that this officially just like quelled any concern you might have about Cento. She is a fucking real one about that goddamn action uh, at all times. She got down and she, there. Bah! Oh, yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, oh there, man. Right? But uh yeah, she repels on down so they can meet the rest of the group uh when they ambush uh the commandant and his family and Pedagar and uh and as for the ambush, it goes really, really well until Pedagar decides to be a hero and holds Nemec at gunpoint, put a gun to his head, and uh, I loved this. As soon as they made it through the door, they were like, Alright, everybody, drop your drop your fucking weapons, get on the ground, it's time. Uh and uh they he he puts a gun to Nemec's head and you know Cassian's ready to Cassian's kinda ready. He's he's prepared to do the thing that needs to be done, but mm. Cinta goes ahead and gets the drop on Pedigar, shoots him in the head, drops him, and uh and that was that for him. At least at least the engineer was like, just let the boy go. I mean you know, as far as putting a gun in a man's face or whatever, you know, confronting it very harshly but like he's like you know what let's just get the kid out of here you know, yeah. you know that's that's fair you know i i, I was kind of he, he was gonna die probably you know yeah. whatever but at least i don't know it was for good at least for that good. was at least that was what he was trying to do yeah. you know uh but frankly i'm uh you know i like that the rebel group this wasn't even a question there uh, was no like oh do we hold the kid hostage oh yeah no oh. yeah like, no, I don't mean about like, killing Pedigar. Oh, I mean, I mean, holding oh, a child hostage. Uh, oh. I was like, "Fuck yeah, you got to do it. Um, you got to do it. There's no question. You know, you can't just let this kid go." Um, mm -mm. and I also like the way the rebels go about their business. They're like, straight up, cooperate. Everybody will be fine. There's no doubt. Everything will be everything will be just fine. If you do not cooperate, however, you're gonna die along with us. Fair. Um. And your family. And, yeah, we're going <laughs> to kill everything you care about. Let's just go ahead and get on, the, get the fuck out of here, all right? Just make this nice and easy. Um, and it was this action that compels the Commandant to believe, oh, yeah, they will kill. There's Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he said fair enough. Exactly so. <laughs> and and com the Commandant B has is like, I, I can't do it. The one who gives them access is the, is the fucking tower from... Alkenzie and I can't do it. Ah. And Vel's like, "All right, fucko. I know that's not true. I think we, all we need is your hand. We can just take that. We could just take your hand." And uh, they were being super. What's the word? Savage. Um, I feel like there's a different word that I was looking for. Ruthless, maybe. Ruthless. Um, I feel like that's a little more fair. You know, like it's just a. Uh, they know what needs to be done. To the point. And they will yeah. do what it takes. Uh, and that there's not a, there's not a question about it, and you know, like I have I have full like I loved Vel, like again, Faye Marseille as Vel here, and just throughout this mission, fucking badass. Um, 
holding his family hostage ultimately motivates him to cooperate. And that scene, that shot of her on the elevator as the door shut and she's got the gun mm. in her hands and she's just like, I was like, Oh, I fucking love this character. I absolutely love Vel, but, uh, it is, uh, it is around this time that Corporal Kimsey, played by, uh, Nick Blood. I don't know if you're familiar with Nick Blood. He's been in a lot of, uh, been in a lot of shit. Uh, you haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's one that I specifically remember him from. Uh, and he's mm. also in Euphoria, uh, as I think Cassie's dad, but Corporal Kimsey, nonetheless, is, uh, He's like, there's some shit up with the cums, you know, nothing's working. He's flicking switches. He's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Uh, and he can't seem to figure it out. But uh, the rebels, meanwhile, put Cinta in charge of looking over the hostages. And uh, Nemec goes ahead and informs her on which buttons to touch and which buttons to stay away from. Specifically, the Alkenzi Air Base one. We don't need them getting involved at all. Don't touch that fucking button. Uh and I liked this last this little scene between Vel and Cinta. This is a potential goodbye. You know, they're they're both they're both fully ready that this might be the last time they see each other. They might die. Um and I was like, kiss. Come on. Just mm. one on screen kiss that isn't followed by a giant slug looking on. Like in the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> True. We need a non and it wasn't it wasn't the slugs homophobic too? Didn't one of them have like a weird reaction to it? I yeah, swear that exactly. was like a thing. Like yeah, yeah, yeah come no, on. The, it's still it's still a meme that goes around the homophobic slug. But uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I was like, come on, come on. But you know, like again, it does feel relatively within character to for both of them to not be overly affectionate. You know, it. Mm. it it does strike me as something that makes sense for Vel and Cinta both to kind of be reserved in their their mm. d- public displays of affection. I mean, shoot, maybe you know, they just, this- maybe their makeout scene is them on top of eighty million credits. Yeah, right. Like now we're shit. getting a full Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> them on a bed of money type shit. But I mean, I mean- we we end this episode, and Cinta's she's on Aldani. She oh my god, I didn't even them. think about that. Yeah, she does not leave with them. Uh that was part of the deal. She knew that was the case. She's becoming wait, no. Because she changed into a imperial uniform, but no way she can just become one of them now, right? Like no, the host- I think that she you're... used that to get out. She used that to get out of the base. I think she'll just return to being an Aldani a person on Aldani, you know, like, I don't think it's going to, and then I'm assuming there's some sort of contingency where her and Vel are going to be able to go ahead and meet up again. It was just that like, Senta, you will be left here. And I think that was kind of just like the understanding, um, Hmm. which makes this goodbye all the more heartening. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they join hands at least temporarily. And then Vel goes on after Senta tells her that she should go. And, uh, it was, uh, just a nice scene. I like Vel and Cinta a lot, but uh, Vel and the rest uh, order Commandant to uh, accompany them to to the storage and again threaten him with the family, the death of his family. Uh, and so the Commandant says that uh, Vel is surely going to kill his wife and son, no matter what. Even if I do help you, you're going to kill them. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, no, that's just not how we operate in comparison to you. We know that's what you would do." Uh, mm but we're not hypocrites. 
If we tell you that we're not going to do something, we're not going to do that thing. So come on, help us out. We'll leave everyone unharmed if we get what we want. And uh, they they get on out of there. And uh, I uh, I I really really like it. I really really like that scene. But uh, after getting to the flight deck where we see some uh, Imperials playing a game of cards of some sort, Baka. Uh, Jabukabaya. The, the, like, the made up words that they all like one yeah. up each other with. They're like yes. royal flush equivalent, whatever, you know? Right. And then all of them going, ah, 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 ah or what, like it was just so, I don't ah, know. Full sabak. No, I yes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this little, this little flight deck doubles as the storage unit for the payroll and, uh, the rebels hold all the guards hostage. They, they come on in there. They're like, all right, everybody, we're we're checking you out. Let's get this shit figured out. And then uh, they they run up to them, guns guns at the ready, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And the commandant explains to them, "Yeah, all right. Uh, these guys are not Imperials; they are robbers. And if you just cooperate, I have seen them kill. They will kill again. Uh, just go ahead and cooperate with them." And uh, they. They begin to order everybody to load as many canisters of Imperial credits into the freighter as they can. And uh, <laughs> kind of sick that part of the plan is to just use them as yeah, labor, right? Like, and, and like, and the commandant too. And it'd be like, oh no, you're doing it too, dude. Like, yeah, get you're doing the most work you've ever done in your career today. So um, much, all so, that combined, yeah. So much so that you will die of a heart attack. Um. <laughs> He did, didn't he? Oh yeah. my god, he literally was just so exhausted that he croaked. Yep, so exhausted, so stressed, so everything that he just he had a heart attack and died. But wow. Uh, <laughs> but uh Andor and Nemec here start to fire up the freighter while the rest of them start loading the shit on up and uh it's right about now that Kimsey figures out which uh frequency he can hear Senta and Nemec communicating on. And he hears them as he, uh, as they state that, uh, the vault's been breached. They're preparing the freighter. Uh, and it always bothers me just a little bit whenever, uh, like radio frequencies and stuff in movies or shows like cut out and then it picks up like right where the previous sentence left off as though, as though it didn't miss anything. Like, like it took Nemec going, we got the freighter. We're getting ready. The vault's been breached. We're gonna go. Yeah. You know, like uh like he got every ounce of information he needed from that little bit, you know? Uh-huh. Uh and that uh, uh, <laughs> I never I didn't think about that. Uh, like, it, it, it doesn't like it doesn't actually piss me off or anything, but every time I'm like so Damn, man, yeah, he no, got every ounce of information it's he needed. So true. That it it would definitely just be more of like the armor like, it breached than freighter. Yeah. <laughs> it would it'd be you know, you'd have to like actually Puzzle it together yourself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but like every single word he needed to hear came through. <laughs> and, uh, it's like when it cut out the time, it just didn't jump. It, you it know, was just there like, was, it was no just like, time jump. It, just, it was like, it was like buffering. Like it's a YouTube video. <laughs> and then it <laughs> maybe, you know what? Maybe that's how it is. Comms are so good that it does catch everything, but it's the jamming is the, it's like DDoSing. Uh, yeah. It's like yes. attacking the, the internet. Yeah, so it exactly. is buffering. Uh, but then it should have this... been like uh, the vault. It had been breached. You know, like it would it would have like worked to catch up, you know, but like. <laughs> but, 
Fuck, but, I don't know how uh, buffering works in Star Wars universe. Yeah, yeah who knows? Who knows? Shit. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Senta goes on and changes into some Imperial gear here, and uh, as soon as she hears she hears some chatter on the radio about the attack, she's like, "Oh, we've been found out." It is at this point she decides, "Let's shut these lights down. Nobody gets to see." Um, the entire garrison shutting down. Meanwhile, we're we're cutting back to the Aldani's continuing their ceremony. The shit's starting to build and build and build, and it's like, oh, I fucking love this. And then we cut back to Gorn, uh, heading toward the vault through the tunnels, and uh, you know, you see him kind of catch that the lights are turning off. He turns on the flashlight. We cut back to Kimsey leading a little group of troops down to the uh, down there, and it's like, oh, yep, here here's here it's coming. It's, uh, we're all going to meet in the same place, and I'm not ready for my favorites to die. Uh, then the meteor shower commences. Gorn reaches the freighter first, and, uh, he's, he's just yelling instructions like, all right, everybody, get the fuck loaded up. We got to get rolling. And the commandant's like, yo, no fucking way. You got to be shitting me. Uh, and he's like, you're one of them. And he's like, yep, that's goddamn right. He says, you're going to hang for this. And then we get my favorite line of the episode where Gorn says, for serving under you for seven years, I deserve much worse. Uh, and I was like, oh, I fucking love this guy. If I if I wasn't going with the Aldani Elder for my favorite character in the episode, I think I would have to go Lieutenant Gorn. Yeah, I did. He yeah, he is my favorite character. And I, I can't I can't go with another line. I was trying to find another line in the episode. There is no better line in the episode. Like it is simply that. It is the yeah, no. Um too fucking good. Too fucking good. But alas, uh since the Alkenzie airbase has been alerted after Kimsey figured out all this shit. Uh, they're scrambling some TIE fighters in order to stop everyone from escaping. And we get this fucking beautiful shot of the back of a TIE fighter as the the eye is happening. Oh. Uh, dude, that was probably my favorite shot of the episode. Like, that was just fucking gorgeous. Uh, and, like, seeing, like, the Imperial pilots hop in, the, lo- the little Imperial flight masks. With yeah, the all the little like, intricacies of the TIE fighters, uh, them touching, like, everything. Yeah, that, it was nice. Dude, I was just like, I... It was at this point in the episode, like, whenever the eye started to happen, the Aldanis are like, they're watching on, some of them are crying. I start tearing up here. And oh, I essentially yeah. don't stop for the rest of the episode. Uh like it just it just keeps coming it keeps hitting me in waves like and it was just like i got so wrapped up in the story that when we cut to the tie fighters about to like disembark and stuff i was like and it's star wars you know like oh and it's fucking yeah, star wars yeah. like, I, I, was like oh. I know i was like oh and i fucking love this you know like i was i was so in it i was like oh. the whole episode just keeping me on the edge of my fucking seat. My heart is pounding. My tears are my tears are welling. I'm just in awe of this episode. And uh, you know, uh, once Gorn or once Kimsey arrives, 
down at the flight deck. He and his soldiers start uh, surrounding the place, and Gorn tries to keep up appearances. You know, orders Kimsey to stand down. He's like, Commandant, tell him. You know, we need we need to do something about this. And uh, he even gets him to, you know, participate. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Stand down. And then he drops dead. Um, heart <laughs> attack. And uh, Kimsey's like, okay, yeah, this is bullshit. They all, <laughs> they all start shooting. Uh, they all start shooting. Gorn does get shot. Uh, straight off the rip. I think he is the first person to get shot. Damn, man. Um, and I do believe he is dead, which is uh, a fucking uh, a loss. A, a terrible, terrible loss. I was so disappointed. Uh, then amidst all this, Terraman goes down. I let out an audible whimper. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I'm so glad I was watching this alone. Because, like, if I was if I was with anybody, that would have been, like, cause for major making fun of me. Like, Terraman went down, I went, I went, oh! I think I I did go, fuck, man! I I think I, yeah, I think I do remember saying something at that time. I I couldn't even formulate words on my tongue. It was just a sound that came out of me. Terraman goes down, and I went, (laughs) Like, oh, <laughs> I got tears in my eyes. They're falling now. I'm like, oh god! And uh, and then and then it is Vel, Skeen, and Nemec who make their way into the freighter as uh as Cassian fires it up. And it just it was such a like whenever Vel was like cover me and Terman was like I'm on it. And then he just fucking died. Um, I was yeah, like yeah. son of a bitch. Uh. And then uh, they all make it to the freighter. Andor fires it up, and uh, they get going. And this thing takes off. And it, I mean, perhaps, perhaps it would have been a good idea to tie these motherfuckers down in some capacity. Uh, these, this, because yeah, or uh, you know, I mean, you think if you're gonna shoot off from a standstill to launch speed. You'd think you wouldn't stand behind. At least massive... get it all loaded. Yeah, at least get it all loaded in the back. You know, like yeah. Uh, um, but I understand they had to leave in a hurry and stuff. You know, I guess so. It's not like they can just stop to be like, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't be behind uh, thirty thousand uh, credits right here in this one little compartment. And it is. It is here that I just lose it. Oh, yeah. Like, I I was crying cuz like I'll tell you something. When a character when a character I care about dies, I it obviously it obviously affects me. I don't know what it is, but the second I hear a character I care about go, I can't feel my legs. It is so hard to hear. Oh it- my god. Like I can't I can't even I I'm tearing up thinking about it right now, dude. It's because like, it's so obviously what would be said like in the real moment. Like it's you know, like it's the most re- I don't know, it's it's it was I know like, what you it, mean. I oh, This I know, dude, oh. this, Alex Lothar, this was another thing that almost made me go with him for the performance cuz when he gets when he gets hit, it's like his face like just the like the complete yeah. Lack of belief and then just like 
I can't, I can't feel my legs. I can't like, and I, oh my God, dude. And like, I don't even really have to care about the character for this to happen. If somebody gets paralyzed on screen and that's their reaction, I, I'm like, oh, I can't even fucking fathom, man. Like that shit hurts my soul. And, uh, cause like, I, I think back to like first class, naturally X-Men first class, whenever like James McAvoy mm. as, uh, as Professor X is his whole like, I can't feel my legs. I can't like, oh my god, dude! Like any time that is what's yeah, being said, you're right, it man. Hurts yeah. my soul, and it, for it to happen to Nemec, and nonetheless, you know, someone who cares so passionately about the fight and about the rebellion to be crushed under the weight of credits, like for it to be the money. That kills Nemec. He doesn't die honorably in battle. He doesn't get shot down. It is the credits that kills Nemec. It just, it just tore me apart, man. Like, uh, and damn, it's money that wins wars. You know, I think that was something Luthen said, like a couple, like whenever he told Cassian about the operation, he's like, "We need, we're gonna." You're going to be stealing a quarterly payroll from the Imperials, mm. you know, like a yeah. It's money that wins wars. Uh, yeah, well, Nemec money, was right. Money. Like that, weapons were tools, but like the ultimate tool is money. The cash. You gotta, you gotta have money to buy the weapons, to yeah, buy the ships. And, uh, yeah, this shit just mm. tore me up. And uh, Vel goes ahead and gives him a shot of adrenaline so that he can. Uh, and it was, again, I was like, this guy's a fucking real one. Like, he can't feel his legs, and he still gets them the fuck out of there. You know, mm -hmm. it is because of Nemec that they live through this. Um, They're getting chased by TIE fighters. The eye is happening. They're in a fucking meteor storm. Uh, And they, they just elevate, elevate, elevate on out of there at the instruction of Nemec. Uh, and this just beautiful chase sequences. We see the ties crashing and burning and the freighter managing to get through all the exploding crystals. It was just fucking beautiful. Mm. Uh, you know, and um, the meteors, like they were specifically like green and red or green and blue. I think there was some, yeah, it looks like there's some red in there too. I don't know. It, it like, no way that they're all kyber crystals, right? No, no. Because that'd be nuts. Yeah, that would be um, crazy. But I doubt. I, it. I doubt. Like, it. but I'm already. You know, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm already tearing up the episode. But then they get out, and it slows down, and it's just showing everyone just looking out after seeing it. Yeah. Yo, and and that was another like when they cut to an Aldani woman and she's got a tear running. Oh, down oh dude, dude, I lost it. I lost it, bro. I was like, oh my god, have we ever gotten something so fucking good? Like, I was watching this. I I finished this episode and was just like, I don't know that there's ever been a Star Wars thing this good. Like, period. I, yeah. Yeah, like, it's the only other thing that made me feel the way that this did, I would say. Uh, 
it was like the Mando season two finale. It was hype. It's and it's that's special, big, you know. But like, I cried because it was it, it, it was like so much Star Wars coming into one thing over a beautiful father son thing. But like, it's the fact that this is like a and you know I had that thought. I was like, why does this resonate with me on such a level? That I don't think anything else has. And I was like, because I, I, I immediately obviously thought of the Mandalorian season two finale. Cause I was like, all right. Most recently, that's probably the most comparable thing mm-hmm. as far as the way I feel. And I was like, okay, not a lot of different story elements, you know, Din storms that ship with the intention of stealing something, his child. Um, getting him from from the hands of the Imperials and he's not going to be stopped at anything. And, uh, you know, like, uh, again, I'm left thinking about how no one gives the Mandalorian enough credit because, like, that fucking show is just so goddamn good. Like, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's a pretty fucking good, that's a pretty fucking good TV show. Yeah, no, that, yeah, uh, it is, it is really good. I, like, but that's the thing is that it's not nearly as expertly written uh as no. this show is it's just it's just not you know i think that and they serve different purposes there's a i was wondering if i liked the mandalorian more because of just how star wars it is you know you got luke skywalker coming in you got the the little yoda look alike you got a mandalorian in the mix and then i thought well you know that's also why i'm liking this because it's not just all the literal elements of Star Wars that make it so great. It's taking the spirit of Star Wars and applying it to a story that is so fucking riveting. Like the Rebellion versus the Empire on this small scale here. Just one group of six or seven people yeah. versus the Empire. Like it's it's fucking brilliant. They just have um, a lot more freedom. To write like whenever they're including people like Luke Skywalker, they're tied down in a lot of ways. Like Luke can't just go a wall and kill a bunch of people, you know. Like, but like in in this storyline, Skeen can get popped in the chest, you know. Like it's like it's like yep. th- these characters can die. Like they're um, you can write anything. Uh, they have the the nice. freedom to write anything, and man, it shows here because brilliant. Yeah, this is... after they after they escape this, they get out of there. The Tie Fighters are destroyed. They get on out of there. Skeen, Vel, and Andor find themselves with a choice. They can let Nemec die, you know, as Vel states. You know, like he's dying. There's not much we can. There's not much we can do for that. Um, and the fact that it is Skeen. Who's like, we should take him to the doctor. This was, there's a reason we incorporated this into the plan. We should take him to the doctor. And now, in retrospect, not as altruistic a choice yeah. as it might have seemed. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit of both. I'd say it's, it's I'd... majorly influenced by, oh, this is way easier for me to get out of it, you know, if I want, if, if I want to do this. Like, if I want to take this and go, it's way easier mm-hmm. this way than wherever they're going. I guess, do we know where they're going? 
I'm assuming that they would have directly taken the credits to wherever they need to get if they were not going to stop by the top. No, like, do we know that destination? I don't think we do. Um, okay. I don't think we do. Uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're supposed to take it to a designated spot where they're well, there to deliver it in order to get resources, but they don't tell us where that spot is. Okay. Now, they were going directly to that place if they don't take Nemec to yeah. the doctor. This taking him to the doctor is what gives Skeen the opportunity to go. Maybe we just take half and half and split. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, you know, I was I was like in the moment I was like, damn, Skeen a real one. But now retrospectively, it's like, ah, damn, Skeen. And his brother being made up. You think that's true, or do you think that was him just trying his to convince? Brother is not made up. I, I don't think so. I think. Because all he says is, I don't have a brother. Uh, he says, okay. I don't have a brother. Not that I never had a brother. You're right. His brother died. Damn. And, and what can be viewed as a sort of just, uh, I mean, it was it was a protest against the empire essentially, you know, like being like, you know what, you did this to my land, here's what I'll do on it. Mm. Um and I think it was just kind of at that point. And like that's the thing is that I'm going to choose to believe that that is what made Skeen the way that he is. It's not necessarily a revenge mission. It's him trying to figure out how to make his way in the galaxy without being crushed the way his brother was. Mm. Um and if he can't get attached to anything too heartily, it makes that a lot easier. Um, but we'll we'll get there in just a second because Andor decides for the whole team uh, that we're going to go see Doctor. We're going to go see the Doctor, uh, and that we we see Doctor Quadpa. Dude, whoa! Is this a arms. is this a same species as Maz Kanata? Or no, like is is it, is it? Maz didn't have four arms, did she? No, she did not. She is it just possible for? I don't know. I don't know. That's funny because she did, he did. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, he the did glasses. Look like, the yeah, he did look like, like Maz. I also got the vibe. I got Ochi of Bastoon vibes from him too. Uh, from episode o- nine, he's the dude who kills uh kills Ray's parents. Um, Ochi of Bastoon. He, uh, oh stabbed, yeah 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 okay okay yeah, yeah. Stabs Ray's parents yeah I think uh I get those vibes from him too uh but nevertheless that's doctor, probably more likely you're okay oh no he doesn't have four arms he has two but the face looks a lot more similar there yeah that's the thing is that mm. like I have no idea why this motherfucker has four arms I I can't figure yeah. it out but all right fuck it fuck yeah it. right but uh. You know, he starts working on Nemec. He starts he starts operating away, and I was like, save my boy. Save my boy, please. Uh, Vel looks on, but outside the hut, this is where my favorite scene of the episode begins. Uh, Skeen tells Andor that there are 80 million Imperial credits in that freighter. He goes, and I don't know if you, like, how about some train spotting vibes here? Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we could split it two ways and leave. Don't tell me you didn't think about it. Like, come on. 
you know what it is. Mm. We're the same, me and you. You know, yeah. like uh, we got Forty millions we got enough shit. for me to forget about, forget all about you. Yeah, yeah. Like, he says, you know, I can't fly it. You can fly it to a safe place, about eight parsecs over. There's a little moon, completely uninhabited. We could get over there, divide the money, and live freely. Andor's like, all right, but what about the rebellion? You're not a rebel, and he goes, yeah, I, I'm a rebel, but uh, it's me versus everybody else. Mm. And the music here, these like little swells, like little like I don't know, it's it's almost like Westworld, like the the tower noise, like in the background, almost. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's th- these little like spikes of like super tense moments. It's um, I don't know, it was like. If it wasn't the chants from the Aldani, like, uh, their dance and, and their chanting, it was like this techno, yeah, swell sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it was, it was fucking great because, and I think that like the soundtrack also played into this idea that Cassian has a choice to make. Um, you know, like, uh, they, they come face to face. Skeen says, you know, Andor asks about his brother, his revenge mission, and Skeen says, I don't have a brother. Mm. And uh, I think it's it's this sentiment from Skeen that Andor realizes this isn't a test. Skeen's not trying to see if Cassian will betray them. It's that Skeen actually is a traitor. And mm. I like that it's an impulse decision. You know, you can tell he was mad. He was it, angry. It shocked um, the hell out of me. Like, I it makes sense, and like it is what I want to happen. Now that I think about it, you know. Um, but like I was kind of like, wait, did that like did that really just did he really just shoot him? Like, uh, I don't know. It was. I was just very taken back by it. I first. was too. I was like, oh. Yo, um, but I, it was this moment that made me go, this is an example of just how much of an effect, uh, Nemec had on Cassian, I think, mm. uh, just how much of it's, it's an early sign of just how loyal he will be to the rebellion, you know, to be like, oh, you motherfucker, like he is seething with anger. And, uh, whenever he's like, and to make that decision to realize because he's right. He has the opportunity to leave with 40 million credits here. Damn. There's, Damn. There's, there's essentially nothing stopping him from doing that. It was the moral choice yeah. <laughs> to shoot and kill Skeen. And then I think in his anger, he was just like, I, I can't trust anybody. What the fuck am I supposed to do? I need to get the fuck out of here. I don't want these credits. I'll take what I'm, I'm taking what I'm owed. Mm. Uh, but we, we walk into the hut and we watch as uh quad paw puts the sheet over Nemec. And I was like, no, fuck. I know, uh, man. I really and, thought uh, he was going to like get up and walk, you know, or something. You know, I thought he was actually going to live. Something, I don't know. I... Killed. Killed, killed, killed. And uh, Our prediction Andor... was right. 
Nimic died this episode. Cassian picks up the manifesto. Heron and Lita, Lida die and fully get Mon Mothma to be all in. I think I was a little out of pocket with that one. That was a little. That's a little bit of more of a long term. Uh, I'm on a. Yeah, you're right. I'm on a Perrin hate train. Yeah, fuck Perrin. Fuck Perrin till the day I die. Wasn't even in this episode, but fuck him still, dude. God, I hate that guy. Hate that motherfucker. But uh, Andor wa- marches into the the hut, holds everybody at gunpoint, and tells Quad Pod to give him a ship so that he can get the fuck out of there. Uh, Vel goes, "Where's Skeen? Skeen? Skeen?" And he goes, "Skeen's dead. Uh, he was he was gonna betray you and the mission." He was gonna take the money and run, and Vel's like, "No, no, no, no! He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't do that." Uh, and, uh, but ultimately, she realizes, you know, I that does make sense. This tracks Terra. In fact, Terraman had warned her about mm. him. Uh, and with that said, he goes ahead and. Gives back the kyber crystal. Says return this to your uh, to your contact. Uh, Andor surprises her by saying that he's going to take the amount he was promised. 200,000 credits and leave. That's it. Damn. That's all, that's all Out of over. 80 mil, dude. He could have been like, let me just take one mil. Like, come on. Nah, what a man. That's what it. What a man. I, I guess he's, he's still... Like, he made yeah. his choice. He made his choice, you know, like... The, he had the opportunity for forty million. Damn, eighty. He, Technically, if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, shit. And that's the thing too is that forty million is not enough for Skeen to forget about Cassian. They make it to whatever moon they make it to, and he shoots Cassian. Yeah, well, one of them's dying. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's it. Uh, probably would have played out a bit more like that if uh this was like Han Solo and uh. That uh, that other that other motherfucker in the uh in the solo movie played by Woody Harrelson for some reason mm. I can't remember his fucking name right now. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. No way. Yeah, it's Beckett. Gonna... Beckett. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That, now that you say it, it that that rung a bell. Yeah, but uh, you know, he gives the crystal back, tells him to pass, tells her to pass it on to uh to Luthen, and uh, Andor proves here. That he's he's an honorable man. He's willing to keep up his side of the bargain. Uh, Where's he gonna go? Like he, so uh, he maybe. said, "I'll give you thirty thousand credits for the ship and the barn." Right? Like he wanted the the ship and the what? What did he oh, buy from the guy? Why did he buy that. the? Because it, it, I think, I, wasn't he? Didn't he say like? I think it was like the 30,000 credits for the ship. Oh, for the ship in the barn. Um, uh, okay, so just the ship. The okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, my money's on. He goes right back to Ferrix. <gasps> oh, my God. He can finally pay everyone back with so... Oh, yeah, yeah. oh you're so right. Okay. Yeah, I think he's I think he's going right back to Ferrix. I think that's right. I think we're right back in the thick of it there. Uh, but... Vel understands that Andor is being a good man here, and she requests Andor to take Nemec's manifesto. 
she says, his manifesto, he wanted you to have it. And I'm going to fucking writhe in pain if there is a, a part of this book that reads, Rebellions are built on hope. Oh, if, if, if like, if he reads it, because that's the line he delivers to Jin in Rogue One. That's just like, no. Oh, if I swear, man, if ne if one of Nemec's points is the rebellion, rebellions are built on hope. I'm going to sob. I'm going to sob. Oh, do you, when do you think we get? Do you think he reads it next episode? Do you um, think? Like, you know, that's a that's. A, I think pro. I, it's, I don't know. Maybe he just kind of holds on to it for a little bit, and it's not until he's like approached again by Luthen and has a choice to make again to go full blown or maybe he reads it and it it oh what <laughs> what if it's like a what if it's like the the guidebook for how to tear down Ferrix's occupation like him uh Bubba Bix Brasso Mark uh, Marva, they're holed up. They're reading the shit. It's a step. It's basically a step by step, and what they need to believe, how they need to go about things, and uh, that's how they they help themselves in taking down the occupation of Ferrix. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, I was thinking about where he was going to go and where the story was going to go next. Um, it only oh, feels be... natural for him to go back there. Like I can't even. I don't even know where else he would go right now besides right back. He totally promised he'd be back. Um, True. It's under a lot of imperial. No, because the empire wouldn't know who he is. Oh, but freaking Narc does, and he is on Coruscant though. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah, I think I think he's heading back there, and it'll just yeah. it'll, that'll just be that. But this is not the end of the episode. Feels like it should be, but it's not. Mm. Um. As we, we cut to the ISB, where Major Partagaz calls an emergency meeting. Nobody make yourself at home. Don't sit. No one is going home tonight. Every star sector and planetary retaliation plan needs to be ready for presentation by midnight. And this kind of lets us know the news of the attack has reached Coruscant. Uh, and the news is so massive that even while Mon Mothma is addressing the Senate, people are talking, getting up, leaving. She's like, what the fuck? Uh, checks, checks whatever, her fucking phone, basically. <laughs> and uh, she realizes, oh, fuck, it happened. And finally, we head to the, to the galaxy's favorite shop for trinkets <laughs> and antiques. Heck yeah. And, uh, we see, we see Rael uh, learn about this uh learn about the the mission at least that it's reaching the news uh you know uh you got got anything from Aldani mm. and he's like what did you say like like huh? like a don't like, like hold on he doesn't like, yeah, know at first he was like hold or, on yeah he's yeah like yeah. are you on to me and yeah. this guy's like no there's a a fucking rebel hit the the Aldani garrison. Uh, I was just wondering if you have anything from there. He's like, we might have something in the back. <laughs> he marches on back there and just laughs and praise be. He's so happy. And there you have it. 
that that was the end of the episode. Uh, and despite the losses, despite it all, I believe it was a success. Um, 80 mil. What are they going to do with it? What do you think? Buy weapons, man. Yeah. They're, they're buying, they're buying the stuff. This was the, like, that's the thing. I saw, I saw a tweet earlier. I can't remember who it was from. That was like, uh, it struck me that, uh, you know, there was an, a substantial loss of life on this mission. Uh, and all the while Luthen is just, he's, he's stowed away in his high class Coruscanti, mm. uh, shop cackling you know uh and i gotta say i don't i don't agree with that sentiment every military organization has the levels to the shit luthan put his ass on the line on ferrix just a few episodes ago yeah i think i think luthan's about that action yeah, he's uh, doing there, a whole lot more he's organizing all this yes stuff. He's, he's organizing like, yeah, he's like, responsible for the organization of the rebellion okay uh so who do you Who's the one he gonna go to? Who is Luthen and Ma and Le Mon? Like, do they answer to anybody, or is that Probably. like the top of the rebellion right now? Right now, I take it that they're like tip top. Um, you think? Uh, hmm. I guess Saw's name was mentioned, uh, but he's more of probably not like a leader. Just kind of more of a rogue. Just I guess not seen as like top. Yeah, he's definitely uh that's the thing is that while how they old do, is Leia right? Now? Leia right now would be about fifth, 14 um mm. 14 15 and uh it is within the next year canonically that Bale and eventually I would I would go 14 Bale gets roped in and starts mm. doing stuff by the end of season one. Like that's a, mm. we're, we're close to Bale being involved um, because uh, if you recall the, like this is taking place simultaneously with like rebel season one. That's the timeline here. Okay. At the end, at the end of rebel season one, the rebel cells come together. I think we're kind of looking at the same situation mm -hmm. by the end, by the end of this season, if not early, early season two. Okay. Um, and Bale is well established within the rebellion by the time that comes around. So, uh, I think there's even a chance that we might get like a little bit of a time jump, uh, after this mission where we're not picking up immediately after this. It's kind of just uh, the fallout of it. Uh, man, maybe it is full clone wars style, like jump, no way they go like. They're not going no. back and forth. We will get. Yeah, this. no, because it's not this. that spread out around. No, you know, it's not that spread out of a story yet. But, um, okay. Yeah, I guess maybe they do just jump around in time. Well, we only have how many years until Rogue One? Five. Yeah. So mm. I mean, and this and this season is stated to cover the first year before. The first year of the five years before. So. I mean, if this show is going to cover a year, we're halfway through, and it's covered like I don't know two weeks. Damn, yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna cover some ground over the next few episodes. Like, uh, hmm. there will be there will be substantial, uh, maybe not jumps, but uh, lapse time lapses. I think. 
I don't mm. think that's uh, I don't think that's so. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Cassian takes this money and immediately goes on the prowl looking for his sister again. Um, he does. He go back to Ferrix. Yeah, I think he ought to go straight back to Ferrix because he did promise he'd be back. He's got people to pay and stuff. But maybe like he allows stuff to cool down. Like uh, he he gives it time to breathe before he heads back. Um, or he goes back, puts all the credits where they need to go with a little note, and then just does it kind of like. Uh, sorry, I can't really come back yet. Here's what I promised. You know, I gotta right. take care of some stuff first. Cause I don't know. Is he fully like, um, can he just be out in the public and not have to worry about anything right now? Like, is, is he fully cleared of everything or yeah, on Ferrix? Like, I don't there even was a know whole... if he'd be able to get back into Ferrix right now. Yeah, because... like, isn't his face probably known? Because, like, yeah. it was put out on that, and it caused that whole thing to happen, caused the Empire to come there. Like, people are probably like, damn, Cassian caused all of this shit, dude. And then, like, right. I guess the Empire, I don't know. Uh, so maybe he, like, doesn't really have the freedom to just go back and do whatever. But, man, I really would like to see those characters again, though. Bubba Bicks. But yeah, shit, man. Are you ready to throw a rating at this episode? I think I am. Oh, yeah. All right. For those joining us for the first time, episode six, halfway through, is an odd place to jump in. Go ahead and jump back into the first through fifth episodes and come back and talk talk to us then. But uh, we got a rating system. Uh, we got three separate ratings, and we take the average of those, and it becomes our overall rating for the episode. The first of which is enjoyment. That's out of 10, just how much the episode is hitting for us uh, personally on an emotional level. And I personally think this is going to go rather well. Uh, Genre-wise, this one's fallen into the uh, spy thriller category. Uh, and again, I think that this will do rather well out of a score of 10. Uh, and then critical. That's all things considered. Uh, cinematography direction writing acting score visual effects everything that critically goes into making uh making a product on film uh we we assess it there we take the average of those numbers and it becomes our rating for the episode so no not entirely objective we do have a little bit of our our favoritism uh that goes into it but i think that's important it's what gives us our flair so let's get into it and start with enjoyment uh 10 and a half yeah, <laughs> if we no, could. It's, it's a 10. It's a 10. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no no question about it there. Um, it just hit on a level that was so... Like, I cried. I cried, cried. And, like... Uh, I cried, that... and I was also, like, on the edge of my seat, like, oh, you guys better... You better hurry. They're coming. Yeah, right. You know, like, you, like I was on... Yeah. There's, you know, I'm, like, worried for them. Uh, oh, no, yeah, this, this was a, a ride. Um, a roller coaster to, to watch. I mean, we came into this episode with like a squad of what Cassian plus six, and we leave this episode with a, a group of Cassian plus two. Damn! Like it's we lose Terraman, Nemec, Gorn, and Skeen over the course of this episode, leaving nothing but Vel and Sinta. Sinta's still on Aldani. Who knows what happens there? Um, yeah, she did just walk out of the cave and watch the eye with the people. Yeah, she, um, she's just. I think she'll get off fine. Like, I, I don't. I don't think she'll be. I don't think she's in danger. Is, yeah. is the bottom line for me? No, she'll. She'll definitely have. They have. They have to have like. All right, we'll drop the money off and then we'll come back for you. 
like yeah, sort there's of some sort of plan sort of there. For, I mean, Vel wouldn't just abandon Senta permanently like that. And like in no like, way, Senta's like, oh yeah, after this job, I just want to spend my life here uh, forever. I want to just still eat the crappy food that we all complain about and live this right. life still. Like I don't think that's her her choice after she gets. Oh, I guess she's not getting any of the money. No, none of them are. Yeah, the only one who was getting money was Cassian. <laughs> I guess we'll see how how her storyline plays out. But regardless, yeah, a ten sure. in the enjoyment. Um that's for and sure. And a ten in the genre. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, without a doubt. It's like I guess, yeah. We got TIE Fighters, we got the freaking eye. We got, I'm trying to think of like what sci fi stuff that we got. The freaking Oh, the spy genre, holy shit, dude. Was this like yeah. the best heist the actual, like the, oh like we got the actual infiltration. Uh, we got a chase at the end. It's everything you want a Star Wars episode to be. Mm. Everything you want Star Wars to be, I think. Um, the we betrayal. Loot, like, scenes betrayal. betrayal. Yeah, um, like, it, this fulfills wow. spy thriller yeah. like crazy. Yeah, th- yeah, there's no question about it. It's a 10. Yeah. All right. The only um, one that's worthy just... of a debate is critically. In Gal, I'll be gold. Darned. If it's uh, yeah, like, it's just how far above a nine is it? That that is the question. Is it on par with the axe forgets last week? Critically, I think it's it's on par. Um, I think because what this episode lacked in you know just the sheer i mean dialogue is all the last episode was it was nothing but talking uh it made up for in those thrilling visual effects those the the heists the the visuals like uh the score was fucking brilliant the uh and again i said it didn't have as much dialogue but the dialogue it did have fucking hit um is it a nine seven five or is it a nine five? What do we give the axe forgets? Nine seven five. I think I don't think I can confidently go lower. I can't confidently go higher. And if we no. went higher, I guess yeah. it'd have to be a ten here. So Yeah, it's um, an, I think a nine seven five is a good uh, a good place to settle there. A nine nine two on the average. That's I mean that's what freaking IMDb has actually ninety three. Oh, I guess we have ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Uh, ninety three on IMDb though. So that's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, this episode. I mean, come I mean, on. I didn't expect them to come even close to what they did with episode three of the show. I thought that would be the high of the series. Dude, I we wouldn't know. touch it again. We did. And here we are. Every three episodes. It's the three episode arcs, man. It's going to be beautiful. The every, the episode nine, banger. And the season finale, obviously banger. Like, mm. just be prepared. I'm ready for it. it yeah, yeah. Three episode uh, thing on Ferrix. And Narc somehow getting tied back in. And then somehow that ties in uh, the search that... Uh, blonde girl is doing that ties in Han Solo. Um, and for the for the three episode big wrap up with Han 
and Bale and uh, Leia and everyone that we know. So uh, yeah, there, yeah. there's the yeah, there's the layout we'll of the season the old, for I mean, you. And then we'll get like young Din Djarin who comes in in like episode oh, yeah. two. Oh, you know? for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wait, is Gro- how old is Grogu right now? Uh, he'd be uh, 30. Is he in captivity? No, 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 no. Uh, 35, 36. Is, is he in captivity right now? Or is he at the... No, yeah, he's obviously not at the temp... Wait a minute. What year is it? The temple's still a thing. No, the temple's long gone because... Oh, wait a minute. With Order that's Order 66. And this is five years before... Okay, yes, no. Vader is a thing. He did the job. Okay. I, I gotta get my... my I straight. The Star Wars timeline, I really need to just watch a a conclusive timeline video. Um, I can't do it like Marvel. Marvel, I can like kind of pinpoint just where things have happened, but like mm-hmm. I don't know why Star Wars. I can be like in the tr- in like the sequel trilogy timeline, but think I'm back in the Clone War era somehow. Like I don't, yeah, I don't know right. how it happens. Um, <laughs> That's but, fucking funny, but. Andor episode six, the eye coming to a nine point nine out of ten, a fucking near perfect episode of television, as good as it gets. Uh, mm. just absolutely fucking crazy good. Uh, is there any any last thoughts you have here? Thinking of any predictions we could make. Um, you put I put down the that rebellions were built on hope. Being inside Nemec's manifesto, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of up in the air as to what happens now. Really, we weren't really given a whole lot to go off of. Yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, does Andor head back to Ferrix? When does Luthen seek out Andor again? Uh, mm. Because, or does Andor seek out Luthen? Like, is it a? Is it like he tries to go back to Ferrix, realizes the Imperials are occupying, and goes, "I need help." Oh. He comes back, he sees the Empire and how bad they actually are, and he's like, after being high on Rebellion Spirit after this mission, he's gonna be like, oh wait, now they're on this planet where I live for a while and they're affecting my friends and my family? No, fuck that, I'm joining the Empire for good, or the Empire, the Rebellion for good. Throws the ship into hyperspace, kicks back with a good old book, Mm. aka uh, Mm. Manifesto. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm radicalized. Um, maybe he gives, uh, his manifesto to B. Uh, it's just we're calling him B, but that's, that's what casting refers to him as. Gives it to B and then just has him read it to him like an audiobook. And you have, uh, brilliant. Rebellions are built on hope. Like, I don't know. Rebellions are built on hope. Oh, built. Yeah, B. There. It'd be on built. <laughs> Bubba built. Uh ah man, but what a fucking great episode. And with that, I don't think we can have much mm-hmm. else to add on. Mm-hmm. Uh if you would, head to patreon.com slash Corobloom. That's C-O-R-O-B-L-O-O-M, where you'll find over fifty hours of exclusive content spanning back months, even a year and a half or so now. Just tons of stuff over there. Uh, for three bucks a month, it's a huge help. Uh, all that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on. We got comic book poll lists, bunch of book reviews, 
a bunch of movie reviews if I'm catching a new one in theater and we're not covering it on the pod. It's over there on patreon.com slash Bloom. Then head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Uh, if you're fucking with me and Joe, we've got not only this show every Wednesday, but for the next two Mondays, we've got Fire and Bloom, a House of the Dragon podcast. And that will, these next two weeks, man, we're wrapping up season one of that show. We'll be here for the next six weeks on Wednesdays, covering Andor for the Andor After Party. Then on Fridays, we're continuing our 52-year journey through film, where this Friday brings us 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and it is uh, it's a film. It's a film. So uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to listen to that. Uh, maybe come back for later episodes of the 52 year journey through film because the 2010s are stacked. Got a lot coming up. A lot of goodies. So just stick with us through these next several weeks, and uh, I promise you'll enjoy the content. Uh, leave a five star rate and review wherever you were listening. I. I'm Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I know it wasn't in the episode, but I'm stuck on it. Rebellions are built on hope. <laughs>